Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. Hello, prayer friend. Welcome once again to Footsteps with Impact Prayer Cast. This is Sam Kawesa coming to you from Afri Christ Prayer Ministries uh, Podcast Studio. If you remember... Our last episode was titled, God has graciously given you specific gifts and talents to use. We saw in that episode that God has given every human being a gift and a talent to be able to live in this earth, to do the work of God. And I'm not talking about ministry per se as we know it, but everything that we do, we are doing as if we are working unto God because God is a purposeful God who put us here on earth for a reason and a purpose. And so for us to fit in that chain of events that are taking place, God has given and enabled each one of us and anointed the gifts that he has given us or the talents that he has given us. And in that episode, we saw biblically from different scriptures where God expects us to get results. Now, I got a lot of communication from people saying, okay, now we know that God has given us these gifts, but how do I release them? How do I, uh, what do I do to make sure that they are released out there so that I fall in that chain or that I don't break the chain of blessing? So people are saying that, how do I continue or how do I fit in into this chain of what God expects me to do with everybody else? And so what I've done is I've gone back through the um, episode. I've picked out scriptures that are going to help you to see how you can release this uh, talent that God has given you. And in fact, we're going to see that today our title is How to Release the Viral Replicating Ability in Your Gifts. God is a replicator. God is a multiplier. He expects us to multiply the things that he has given us to work with the gifts and the talents. So in this episode, we are going to be looking at, at the scriptures that help us to virally replicate uh, these gifts. Why do I see viral uh, replication? When you do things like as if you don't have a gift or as if you don't care, 
things are linear. You know, you will move on. The uh, time will move. Time will not stay stable. So it will just you just be moving in time. That's linear growth. Then when you start grasping the things of God, you start growing exponentially. Just like interest in a bank, it grows exponentially. Compound interest grows exponentially. And when it grows exponentially, the growth reaches a point where it just keeps growing faster and faster, 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 faster. And so what happens is eventually the amount of time of growth, upward swing of the growth is much faster and higher as time goes on. And so that's what uh, exponential growth does. However, God has given us ways when we actually obey his word that instead of even having exponential growth, things start to grow virally. You know, it's, it's the Bible calls it from glory to glory. That's when you're having a viral growth. That's what I mean by viral growth. So to me, viral growth is growing beyond uh, exponential growth. It's almost defying time when you start doing certain things. In fact, um, you're going to see that the things that you do are so productive, you even look back and you pinch yourself to make sure it is because you are now growing virally from glory to glory. So we're going to look at these things and we're going to see some scriptures that are going to help you to see and If you incorporate the principles in these scriptures, you're going to see that you are going to start growing linear to exponential. And then from exponential, you're going to start growing virally. You know, by the way, I started this podcast about over 10 years ago. And I found that in those days, it was much slower, you know. But now they grow virally because of the Internet, the way it works, because now we have more uh, outlets. We have YouTube, we have um, Facebook. Then we also have a lot of these um, uh, outfits that have come up that uh, post, you know, um, podcasts. And so you see, you know, something like uh, Spotify. That's why we're on Spotify. That's why we're on Podbean, because we know then that our uh, uh, podcasts are going to grow virally. But you see, this is really biblical. And people don't realize this, but many things that we do on earth, God has set the precedent for us. So now when you're a Christian, when you are someone uh, someone who obeys and listens or reads God's word and asks the Holy Spirit to interpret it for you or explain to you things, you're going to see and have revelations of things that you could never even imagine you could have done. That's what has happened with us. We reach more people with our podcast than many churches that meet on Sunday. Okay, do we replace churches? No, we do not. But instead, we increase the knowledge of people about the Word of God so that they can now go to church with knowledge, so they can go to church with desire. So it's very important that we know these scriptures and you know that our podcasts help you to connect with a local church. So now that that's out of the way, let's get started, okay? Now, our first principle is this. Know that God expects multiplication, as a minimum. And this multiplication principle is opened up in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 through 28. And I'm going to read that to you. So God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky 
and all the animals that scurry along the ground. In other words, God gave us dominion. But one of the things that I want you to see here, or the main thing to see in this verse here, is when he said, be fruitful and multiply. Many times we are looking at that as just uh, replicating as far as, you know, having children, grandchildren, and what, and that's part of it. But when you look at that, that's a generic order. That's a generic uh, principle. He's saying, be fruitful and multiply. Do things that produce fruit. You know, remember Jesus said that they will know them by their fruit. Well, you know what? God will know that you're obeying him by doing, being fruitful in the things that he has called you to be. This is the initial commission that God gave us when he was releasing us onto earth. He says, go, be fruitful, and multiply. That's in Genesis 1, 27 through 28. And so you see right there that God opened his word with, uh, um, with a commission of us to be multi- you know, multipliers. Now, then in the New Testament, we go, when Jesus was leaving earth and going back to heaven, he kind of completed this uh, commission by what we call the Great Commission. In that Great Commission, he um, basically was telling us to go and multiply as far as reproducing people in the form of the um, in the form of uh, disciples, people who believe in what God has put before us. In other words, Jesus is telling us that, hey, God put this commission out in the beginning. That's why you're going to find people who don't have biological children, but they're happy and they don't even miss anything because they know that they are in the place where God wants them to be in the chain. God makes sure that you're totally fulfilled when you find him and you find your purpose on earth. You do not have to have physical children. Some people adopt, okay, when it comes to children. Some people do not, but they are fulfilled because they are truly multiplying. Truly, they are out there doing what God has called them to be. So now that was in Genesis, but then Jesus Christ comes and sets it in another way. He says in 28, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, Jesus is saying that I'll stand behind you once you do those things that I've called you to do. But then there is something else we should not miss here. And that is the fulfillment of this commission is really a completion of Genesis 1, 27, 28, or a reminder of, Gen- of Genesis 1, 27 through 28. So Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the Great Commission, is really a continuation. And everything else is in between Genesis 1, 27 through 28, and Matthew 28, 19, 20. So whatever else we do is the meat of that of, of those two commissions, which are really one commission in the chain. So if you look at uh, the Genesis uh, 1.27 as the beginning of the chain, and this is at the other end of the chain, okay? So now we see that uh, Jesus is really in agreement because the Word of God always agrees with the Word of God. There is no contradiction here. Now, in between, everything else lies. Between these two scriptures, okay? So now, Let us look at some examples of multiplication, okay? We're going to start with the Old Testament. 
You know, I'm going to read you the scripture of Elisha. We may know, you know, many of you know this uh, story. This is when Elisha went to this widow who was really broke, didn't have any money. And, you know, she appealed to him and said, listen, your servant, you know, is dead and I'm here. And the, um, uh, the creditor is coming after me, wants to take my children and my property. And so Elisha said, what do you have? This is very important because that's what God says to us all the time. That's what he told Moses in the burning bush. What do you have? And Moses said, oh, I only have a stick right here. And he says, okay, throw it on the ground. And I'm going to show you basically that I can turn life from a dead thing. So when he threw it on the ground, it became a snake. Then he said, okay, now pick it up from the end. That doesn't bite, you know, from the tail. And so what he did, he picked it up from the tail now the living snake became the stick again. What is God telling us? Hey, those things that are dead, he's going to turn them into life. But then he can kill those things that are life. So those things that are be like uh, are taking over your life, you know, they, they have become like, all. that's all you live for. That's, you know, God can kill them so that you can take a hold of them. Those things that could hurt you, God can kill them. And so that you can take them by the tail. Now, that's my own interpretation. But when you look at it, it really makes sense because that's what God does. So now here we see Elisha telling this lady, uh, telling her that, listen, what do you have? The same way God asked Moses, what do you have? Now, remember, that's the same way we shall see later on. That's what Jesus, that's how Jesus asked the disciples. What do you have when we're going to feed these people in another miracle of multiplication? Now, this lady said, oh, all I have is a small amount of oil and blah, 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 blah. She was basically just saying, help me. Now, I don't know what she expected. Uh, hear what uh, the man of God said. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There ain't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Now, some of the principles that you have to see here is that uh, when they didn't have any more containers, the oil stopped flowing. So the key here is this. We will go as far as we can with our dreams or our talents. When we stop moving, they stop producing. When this lady say, when the son say, we don't have any more jars, the oil stopped flowing. But I bet you, if she, if he had brought another jar, more oil would have been flowing. And look at the way it's working also. It says, Every jar was filled to the brim. God does things to the top, to the brim of your talents. He's not going to take you somewhere and then just throw you out there so that you do mediocre work. No, he, you are going to work to the brim. So now this is what happened in this case with this lady. Now, as long as she kept, they kept bringing the jars, she kept filling it. So now what's the lesson we learned from this? Keep working at it. Don't give up. And as long as you keep working at it, it will produce fruit and it will be to the brim. Again, it's like this podcast. I started doing podcasts when podcasts were not even known. This is over 10, 12 years ago. I started, uh, you know, I would post them to um, to the Apple Store 
Uh, and, you know, a few people would get him all over the world, really. It was quite a few, actually, impressive for the time. But, uh, and I would be surprised many times when someone would write me uh, an email from uh, one of the Arab countries and they say, I enjoyed this. Another guy from Britain, he said that, you know, I first listened to this when I was in South Africa. I married a South African lady. And when we came back to Britain, I continued and so you see, I started a long time ago. I kept working at it, working at it. This studio here, I kept working at it. I kept adding little things here, big things here, this little thing here. Then we started growing from linear to exponential, and it was just growing faster and faster. And then now it's getting viral. I'm praying for viral growth now. We're not there yet, but I know we're going to get there. That is how God works. You don't give up. Unlike the lady's son, continue bringing containers and they'll fill to the brim. More containers, they'll fill to the brim. And those containers is really many times it's your efforts. Continue working at it with your effort and it's going to work. That's what Elisha did. See, Elisha just keeps saying, just keep filling them. In fact, from the scripture, you can see that the lady almost got excited and said, bring me another one. And the boys had run out. So, that is in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3 through 6. You see that you have to put this effort and do not give up. It's the same thing in Mark 6, verse 30 through 38, feeding the 5,000. Jesus asked them, what do you have? And they said, we have uh, two fish here and uh, uh, so much bread and blah, blah, blah. They didn't think they could be, he would be able to feed all these people. By the way, in the Old Testament, the same thing happened. Uh, where Elisha did the same thing. He fed a hundred uh, prophets from just a little amount of food. He did the miracle preceding Jesus doing the miracle in the New Testament. You're going to find that again in uh, Elisha's story in Second Kings. Now, the other one that I want to show you in the, old, in the New Testament, rather, is the parable of the talents. We went through that in the last podcast. You can go back and listen to the podcast. This businessman went out to another part of the country and he left uh, his workers with a certain amount of talent, each one as they're able to use or each one as they're able to bear. And he went out to a far country, the Bible says, and when he came back, he brought them to account, asking them, what did you do with the talents that I gave you or the silver that I gave you. And he was really pretty upset on the last one or the other two, by the way. They said, well, you gave me five, I reproduced, I, gave, I brought in ten, or whatever it was. And then the other one says, you gave me two, but I came, I doubled up, I brought up four. The one with one, he says, oh no, I just put it in the ground. Here it is, your talent that you gave me. Would you really like to face God like that and you say, hey, you gave me the talent to do this, to deal with children, to counsel children, to... And then at the end of the day, you come, that is at the end of your life, you come up and Jesus says, hey, I gave you a talent to dance. What did you do with it? Oh, you could say, I became a ballet dancer and I inspired people. I remember reading a story of this one girl who was uh, from Sierra Leone, I believe, she had gone through war and she was so poor. And this one uh, lady from, from America saw her in uh, an orphanage. 
And this girl was kind of uh, subdued because of the war. She had had some uh, deformities on, on her body and she was kind of insecure. But she had a magazine and that magazine had a ballet dancer. And so this lady looked at her and looking at this magazine and the little girl said, I want to be like her. So when she brought her to America, later on in life, she took her to a ballet school and she became one of the best ballet dancers. I don't quite remember the story, but it is a true story. But that's how it is. God has put these talents in us, putting a talent of dancing in that girl. And the Bible says that your gift will make way for you. And for this girl, the gift made way, even without realizing, even before she even knew what ballet dancing was or ever been on a ballet dancing floor. So that's how God is. He has a purpose for each and every one of us. Now, the other principle that I want you to get is that age is no issue. Age should never be an issue to you as far as God is concerned. So, in other words, sometimes you may feel that you have wasted all this time and you, you, oh, it's too late for me. It's too much for me. But, you know, there is a man called um, George Mueller. George Mueller always wanted to be a missionary. He came to know the Lord at 24 He was dead drunk and his mother died and he knew nothing about it. And then later on, when he found out that the mother died, he changed his life at 24. He became a pastor at a young age. And this is in the 1800s. He started this orphanage and in the orphanage, he never, never begged people for money. But he did what he had to do. And people would provide, reading his stories, finding out about these children. Miraculously, God would provide. And in the end, one of his visions had been to be a missionary. In the very end, he started being a missionary at 60, I believe. And he went to about 90-something mission trips, different countries at that age. He died at the age of 90-something years old. So it's never too late. In the Bible, we have a story that I'm going to read you. When Moses died, he had left Joshua as the leader. and But prior to that, when they went to spy out on another land, him and Caleb, they were young men. When they came back, they came back with a good, a good report. And Moses promised them a piece of land, each one of them. Caleb worked under Joshua for 40 years. And at 80, I believe 80 or 85, he came to him and said, Listen, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses. This is in Joshua 14, and I'm going to read you Joshua 14, verse 16 and up. So it says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Keziite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old. When Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from from Kadesh Barnea to spy on the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses saw on that day, saying, Surely the land where you f- your foot has trodden shall be yours, your inheritance and your children's children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord, the, uh, the Lord my God. 
And now the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word uh, to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am, this day 85 years old, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in the in that day. So you see, this guy is saying, I'm 85 years old, but I've been doing God's work. And now I want my piece of land that God promised me through Moses. I am able, even though it's 45 years later. In other words, it's never too late. Don't think that age is an issue. It's never too late. That's how I believe. I've been... Um, I've been doing uh, secular work for all these years, okay? Never, ever think that it's too late. You may be in a secular profession right now or job or vocation or whatever you want to call it. But if time comes and it's time to switch and change, don't be afraid. Because if you take on the spirit of Caleb, you are going to have God behind you. Remember, Jesus says that I shall be with you to the end in a great commission, and you, uh, you know, right now, you are in the mid part of that chain. The chain started at Genesis one twenty seven, and Jesus kind of closed it at Matthew twenty eight nineteen, and everything else is in between. Think of yourself as somewhere in between there now. You just shifted gears. You know, instead of saying, I'm retired, you are being reassigned. And so now what you do is do like Caleb did. Caleb was being reassigned all these years. He was following Joshua as a leader. And now it was time for him to go into what he's calling in this part of the of his life is. And so he goes to his leader. He goes to Joshua and says, hey, this is what God promised me. Now give it to me. Let me go on. And he wasn't saying it in a greedy way. He was saying, look, and he kind of chronicled what he had done all this time. And he said, I've done this, I've done this. And since that day that the Lord has promised, I am here and still as strong. Let me tell you something. God will keep that which is for you waiting on you. So when that time comes and you've done all these things that God has asked you to do, he's going to release it to you. No one can keep you away from it. No one can take it away from you. And guess what? He's going to bring the resources. He's going to bring the people to support you. I've seen it with our ministry here. We have been faithful. We've done this. We've done fellowships, home Bible studies, and people, you know, been wondering, why do you let people in your house every two weeks? We've been encouraging people to go to church, to go to their different churches, to listen to what their pastors are saying, to read the Word, to be praying people. And God now has released our ministry to go out into the world in another, in another, um, uh, at another tangent. Now it's getting uh, exponential growth. We are in the exponential growth curve period now, I believe, and we are soon gonna be viral. I am so confident of that because the Bible says from glory to glory. So now, don't ever worry about your age. Okay. Now, the last thing I want to say about this is that your background does not matter. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what you have been doing, especially if you have been doing as God has called you to 
to do. All this time you've been serving him one way or another. And I don't necessarily mean in uh, ministry as we know it, but it could be. But serving him, you could, you could have been a father, a mother. You could have been an uncle. You have done all those things that you've been doing. An auntie to people, you know, doing whatever it is, doing your secure job well. Now it's time for you and you feel it in your spirit. Now it's time for me to do this other thing, whatever it may be. God is going to be with you. Your background doesn't matter. He's going to bring the people and the resources that you need. He's going to bring everything that you need so that you can do that part of the work. Remember, you are in a chain. God does not want this chain to break because it's for the glory of his name and it's for the kingdom. Okay, so now I'm going to read you uh, an encouraging scripture here in Second Samuel 7, uh, 18 through 21. Remember, David was a herdsman. He was out there, uh, a shepherd. And then we remember the story of him and, and, and killing Goliath. You know, that's the famous story. Everybody knows it. You know, everybody, even those who don't read the Bible, they say, oh, David and Goliath. They don't even know the story. When many see that story, they think that's the end of it. But really, it isn't. It is just part of the training because now David has become the king of his people. He has taken over from Saul. He has taken over the kingdom. Now he sits down and he looks back. He's contemplating. So it's like waking up in the night and he's sitting there and he's like, oh my God, look what God has done. And he is uh, basically giving glory to God. And in uh, the scripture says, in Second Samuel 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 18 through 21, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. Do you deal with everyone this way? Oh, Sovereign Lord, what more can I say to you? You know what your servant is really like, Sovereign Lord. Because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. Some of the things I want you to see here is that David is saying, who am I? I used to be a, you know, I used to be a shepherd boy. Who am I that I'll become a leader of your people? But then he says something here that is very key here. According to your will, you have done all these great things. According to your will and promise. When God promises, he fulfills. And it is his will. Okay? So whatever God has called you to do, as long as it's in his will, it will come to pass. Don't shake in your pants thinking that, oh no, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to get the money? God has it all planned out for you. Remember in Jeremiah 29, 11, in the other podcast, we said, he says in 29, 11, that I have a plan for you. And the plan is for good and not for disaster. A plan to help you to succeed. That's what God is. That's what God prepares us, you know, for us. So don't, think that your background, you are not qualified. Because you know what? God not only does he qualify those that he calls, he also anoints them to do that work. We saw that in uh, the last podcast. And I really admonish you to go download it and listen to it. Make this a continuation of that message. 
Now, finally, I want to tell you about the exponential growth through prayer. Okay, I want to tell you that this exponential growth is only fueled by prayer. There is no other way. You know, without prayer and the word of God, this exponential growth, you will stay linear. You will grow, but you grow linear. It takes forever. And before you know it, it will be the end of your life. But with prayer, it goes into exponential growth. And because you're being obedient to the word of God, it becomes now viral. And that viral growth, the Bible calls it from glory to glory because you have nowhere else to go but to another glory. Okay, that's viral. That's, you know, using the lingo of today. So how do you get to that point? The, uh, finding out, you know, and knowing what God has purpose for you, that is in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is the first step. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that, hey, the plans I have for you are for good and not for evil. Go look it up. If you don't have a physical Bible, Google it. Jeremiah 29, 11, read it. Let internalize it and see it as a part of you and a part of the plan that God has for you. So that is the first key in incorporating prayer into this plan of yours. Number two is incorporating the word of God into your prayer life. How do you do that? Take the example of, uh, I say, Daniel. Go to Daniel chapter 9 and read it. And you're going to see that in that chapter, uh, Daniel has uh, these problems and issues that he sees with the children of Israel. And they've been going on for years. And he asks God, he says that, how long, Lord, is this going to go on? And the Bible says, and he turned to the scriptures. He turned to the word of God and in there is embedded the keys and the answers. That's what's going to happen to you also. Use the word of God in your prayers and you'll be surprised how God incorporates those things into your prayer life. Read the word of God. You cannot just go on without reading God's word. Going to church and just sitting in, in church and just listening to the scriptures and then not coming out and reading it yourself is not enough. Be encouraged to read the word of God. Make it a part of your life every day. Before you pray, read the word of God and then you pray. You'd be surprised sooner or later, you're going to see that you're incorporating the word of God into your prayer. Now, number three, teach others. It's very important to fulfill the Great Commission. Remember, the Great Commission says in Matthew, we read that in Matthew 28, 19, 20, that make disciples. Okay, if you teach others, the things that you're going through. And let me tell you, you don't have to go to Bible school to teach those things because once you start doing them, the Word of God is free. The wisdom is free. He says that if you lack wisdom in the book of James, ask and He will give it to you without holding back. I'm going to read you in the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. And you're going to see what I'm talking about. Okay? Actually, I think I'm going to read you a little more than just that one verse so you get the background of it. So I'm going to start on verse 1. I'll read the whole 10 verses. It's, it's not that much for what you're going to get out of it. So anyway, let's go. Many years later, during the reign of King Ataxes of Parsha, there was a man named Ezra. He was the son of Seriah, son of Ezariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shalom, son of Zadok, son of... Ahitab, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Emariah, son of Zerahiah, 
son of Uzai, son of Bukai, son of Abishua, son of Phinehas, son of Eliezer, son of Aaron the high priest. In other words, here God is trying to show us the lineage of this man, Ezra. This Ezra was a scribe who was well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given to the people of Israel. He came up to Jerusalem from Babylon and uh, the king gave him everything he asked for because the gracious hand of the Lord, his God, was on him. Some of the people of Israel, as well as some of the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and temple servants, traveled up to Jerusalem with him in the seventh year of King Ataxus. Ezra arrived in Jerusalem in August of that year. He had arranged to leave Babylon on April 8th, the first day of the new year, and arrived at Jerusalem on August 4th, for the gracious hand of God was was on him. This was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. So you see here, he had determined to study the word of God and to teach others. And then what happened? The hand of the Lord was with him. So that's the other thing you have to understand. That when you read the word of God, the hand of God is with you. You don't have to worry about protection, provision, or whatever. The hand of providence is on you. The hand of protection is upon you. God is with you. If you are in his word, because you learn of his will. Remember we talked about his will? That's what David prayed when he said, it's your will and your promise. So once you do this, once you read the word of God, then you know that these principles that we've talked about today are going to be the full force behind you. And God is going to be with you. Do not worry about every other thing that may seem like it's not working out. As long as you follow the word of God, as long as you do these things, then you know that God is going to be with you. So incorporate the word of God into your prayer. Okay, find out what you know God has purpose for you. He has promised that in uh, Jeremiah 29 11. Then teach others. How do you teach others when you don't know the word of God? You have to know it, you have to read it. Teach others, those others will come your way. It could be your children, it could be co workers, it could be the next person you work with, it could be the person you're gonna marry. I don't know. But they are going to be out there. You have to have that spirit of wanting to teach. God is going to be with you, okay? Then you'll start moving from linear growth to exponential growth and to viral growth. I promise you it works. It has worked in my life. I've seen it. Listen, I just got started, but God is with me, okay? I've done a lot in the secular world, you know, as a professional, and I know that God is with me now in this time when I'm being reassigned. And so I'm not worried about anything. So I'm asking you, follow these principles. You're going to see that God is with you. So we are going to be praying with impact. That's why I keep saying, you know, when the Lord first gave me that, praying with impact. So that every prayer that we pray has impact on the things that we do. Because God is with us. So use your gifts. Replicate them. Not just multiply. 
God wants you to replicate like a virus. A virus replicates. Bacteria multiply. Okay, a virus replicates. Replicating. That's why viruses are so dangerous because they replicate. The bacteria are dangerous, of course, but you know they multiply. But viruses replicate. That's why that word "viral" means a lot in the internet or you know, in the computer world. Because it means that's as fast as you can go. That's as fast as you can reproduce. Okay, so let us pray that God will show you how to become viral, how to replicate virally in the gifts that He has given you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord. We've seen these principles. Father, I pray first of all for my friends who have listened in, those people who have tuned in, those people who want to know. Uh, what their purposes are. But then once they get the purpose, they don't know what to do with it. Father, I pray that you may anoint them to understand your word, that you may explain things to them through the Holy Spirit, that you show them what to do with what you have given them, their gifts, no matter what age, Father, they are. I pray that you encourage them that they can still do it. They could be younger, they could be older. It doesn't matter because once they grasp the purpose for which you have created them, Father, you are going to start helping them to grow from linear to exponential to viral. That is from glory to glory as your word says. And Father, if they have wasted time in their lives, The Bible says that you are the redeemer of time. Redeem the time wasted in their lives, that they may do that which you have called them to to be. That, Lord, Heavenly Father, they will see your hand of providence upon them, even as it was on Ezra, that they will have favor, the same favor that Caleb had. Give them the strength of Caleb at an older age, Father, that they will see that you are with them. Give them the faith that Jesus instilled in those people when he says, what do you have? And what they had seemed to be like little, but instead he fed 5,000 with just two fish and, and three loaves or whatever it was, Father. It multiplied virally. Father, that's what you want us to do in our lives with our gifts and talents. Let us not be the people who will disappoint you when you ask, what have you done with that which I gave you? Help these people listening to this podcast, Father. I pray for them that you help them, you guide them, that you lead them, that you show them through the power of your Holy Spirit and the knowledge of your word that, Lord, Heavenly Father, they become stronger and stronger and they become more trusting in your word, even as Caleb was. Teach them and show them. Lead them to the right um, place of worship, Lord, to the right church that will teach them these things, that will encourage them, oh God. Let them be under a good pastor, Father, who will help them develop relationships with you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you are with us, Lord. And I pray that whoever listens and downloads this uh, podcast, Father, you give them the same confidence that you have given me in the things that I do, that they look to you the same way I look at you, Father, knowing that you speak to me every time I come to you. You are not just a God out there in the heavenlies. You are a God who speaks to us here on earth. You have given us your word. Father, I've seen it come to pass. And so I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, your son, that this commission that which he gave us will be translated into our own very lives. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. So I encourage you, my friend, 
Use the word of God. Pray using the word of God. Trust that his word never comes back void to him. Trust that he has an assignment for you and you will be pleasantly surprised. Amen. God bless you. And until the next episode, this is Sam Kawesa from Afri Christ Prayer Ministries Podcast Studios. Amen.